But today, uh, we're going to be telling, uh, me and Tammy are going to tell you about our dads and our, our God stories and the God stories. And really, it's not just about dads. It's really about all of us because um, we were talking about what route should we take for, for Father's Day. Should we do uh, all the great dads and all the great examples of dads or look in the Bible and all the good fatherly advice that we can get. And you know what? We went the opposite route. We went, let's look at the not-so-perfect faulty dads because seriously... And I think every dad in this place would say so. Don't we always feel like we're the ones that we're pretty, we don't know what we're doing. Come on, dads, can I get an amen for that? We, we're, we're trying our best and we don't know. Okay, I'm, I'm getting blank stares. Am I the only one? Because I hold my twins. I'm going, how did I get this gig? I, I don't know what I'm doing. I really don't. I still don't. And um, I, I heard some people on Friday night, they have teenagers and they admit, I don't know what I'm doing. But we're doing the best that we can with what we were given. And I think we got to understand that, that, that we're doing the best. And I think that's kind of a message for all of us, is I think sometimes we're so hard on ourselves. I think sometimes we got to forgive ourselves. Come on. we gotta, we got to look at ourselves and forgive that we're doing better than we think. And the most amazing thing is we have to actually embrace, and you know what I want to celebrate today? Our weaknesses, our faults our strongholds. Because you know what? The sooner that we actually realize what they are instead of trying to be perfect and trying to be strong and try to hide things, the sooner we actually reveal and be um, okay with what we are weak in, the sooner Jesus can come in and come in with his perfect love and then, and then he surpasses everything and blows our mind with the grace that he covers us and, that, and, and he does amazing things. My, my dad's story with my dad is... If you, I'm going to tell you his life story. I'm going to tell you what's going on. And, and when you realize that, I look at my dad as an overachiever. Seriously. He overachieved. Not because he was, um, you know, um, I mean, he is a great dad. But, and his personality is incredible. But I really believe God covered his weaknesses and, and, and brought him to a place with incredible blessing. Are you hearing me? That's my, that's my brother saying yes, by the way. He's saying, amen. So I can... Right? He gave us life. And the one scripture I want to uh, uh, show you guys is 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. And this is Paul, the Apostle Paul. We read a lot of the Apostle Paul here, uh, a lot of wisdom. And he was complaining to God, God, I have this weakness. He didn't say what it was. I have this thorn in my side. Can you please take it away? And he kept on telling God, please take it away. You know what Jesus told him? Jesus told him this, my grace is enough. That's um, how's that answer? It's like, huh? My grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in our weakness. Another version is, um, um, my, uh, my power is made perfect in your weakness. Isn't that amazing? And then Paul realized, and he says this, once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and became a began appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. Now I take limitations in stride and with good cheer, these limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, opposition, bad breaks, I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. That's an incredible verse. And we have to learn that. And this is not just about dads, that we got to know, you know what? Do the best you can and let God have the rest. Do the best you can with what you got, what you're given on this earth. Do the best. But at some point, there's limitations. 
of how we were raised and the resources that are available to us. We have limitations. We can only go so far. And once we realize that and let Christ take over, he's like, okay, boom, I'm going to take you further. Because that's where I can go. And, and the only way you can get there is by trusting in me. That's what this verse is saying. That we do our best and let God have the rest. Amen? And so before I tell my dad's story, I have some, um, some uh, I want to go to the Bible and tell you some of the failures in the Bible. This is pretty cool. It actually makes me feel good when I, uh, when I read the failures because I love the Bible. It doesn't pull any punches. It shares stories where you think, why did they share that story? They didn't have to but they put it in there anyway. How many of you guys know Noah? Okay, awesome. Two people read, read the Bible. Awesome. <laughs> Noah, pretty famous guy. Come on. The flood, right? He, God said he was the only righteous man on earth at the time. He says, I'm going to clear it all the wicked people by, by, uh, by sending the flood. And Noah built this ark. And so he built the ark and saved all the animals and saved his family. And he saved humanity. If you really think about it, we are here because of what Noah did. Right? Hero of the faith. After he did all this incredible things, there's this one little bit in the scriptures that says this. One day, Noah made his own brew. Made his own whatever it was. He made his own alcoholic brew and he got drunk. Not only did he get drunk, he happened to get naked while he was drunk. Not only did he get naked while he was drunk, he got naked and drunk in front of his kids. His kids, his three sons saw the whole thing. They were embarrassed. They had to cover him up. They didn't have to put that in the Bible. It was like this small. And like they had, like, oh, by the way, this is really funny. <laughs> you know, they didn't have to put that there, but they did. And I love that. Why? Because it makes me feel better. It's like, man, he was human. He was real. He had faults. He had failures. Uh, another story is King David. How many of you guys know him? King David, right, wrote the Psalms, some of my favorite Psalms in the Bible written by King David. Um, killed Goliath, right, was one of, he is the mightiest king uh, that Israel ever saw in the line of Jesus Christ. Was he perfect? Not at all. He made mistakes, right? Bathsheba, had adultery. As a father, he had a son named Absalom. If you read it in 2 Kings, Absalom was a handsome man, was a, a kind of a spoiled man, was, had everything at his disposal. And actually, it says that David absolutely loved Absalom. He loved his children. So that wasn't, he didn't not love him. He it poured love on this kid. But he grew up in rebellion. He actually so much so that he wanted to dethrone his own father. Actually, there was a plan that someone said, hey, why don't we kill your father? And he actually thought that was a good plan. He had his father's concubines, gathered his father's concubines, and had sex with them in front of, in, in public view. He just totally, absolutely dishonored his father. And why? And we think, wow, what a reflection on David. Like, what happened? There's a theory that Absalom's sister, when she got raped by her half-brother, that David got really, really angry. It says he got really, really angry. And that was it. And the theory is that Absalom held bitterness in his heart because David didn't do anything about it. There was no justice. And so the theory is, is that, you know what? You're, dad, you, you're not a dad, a king of justice. I'm going to grow up and take your throne because you don't know what you're doing. And David had this rebellious kid, this, this agonizing tragedy of a story. 
But do we look at that? Do we look at Noah's faults? Do we look at David's faults? We look at them as great heroes of, of the faith. And, but you know what? Seriously, I look at that and go, man, I'm doing better than I think. Come on, I'm doing better than I think. These guys, I love the fact that the, 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 the scriptures didn't pull any punches, puts it in there. My dad, legend of Hope Chapel, fantastic father. But when I found out his past, and he wasn't perfect. My, my, my dad was not perfect. Um, my dad, uh, you know, he wasn't, you know, you know, I watch the movies and I see, you know, you see those dads are always playing ball with their sons and they're passing down their skills. You know, and, and that, that's, a, that's a father thing to My dad wasn't that type of father. And I wonder why he wasn't, like why he didn't do that. Um, you know, he cooks really well. How many of you guys know that my, my dad cooks really well? He ate his food, right? I don't know how to cook. He didn't pass that down. And actually, to be honest, I don't want to, I, I didn't want to learn. I just wanted to eat. I just watched him cook like, okay, when is it coming? Hurry up. You know, I just wanted to eat. My dad wasn't a disciplinarian. I don't remember him scolding me. I wasn't, he wasn't, you know, it's like he didn't, whatever. He's just put a mellow, whatever it is. He didn't speak much. He held his emotions in. Um, he wasn't the spiritual leader of our household. You know, you think you have to be the spiritual leader. Me and my dad, we got saved on the same day. Because I wanted, uh, because I was young and I wanted to get saved at the Jimmy Swaggart uh, convention, whatever it is. And I needed someone to, to chaperone me while I'm getting saved. So my dad came with me. And guess what? He got saved along with me. So we got saved on the same day, so we grew up. And so he was not the spiritual father, you know? It was like, okay, whatever it was. And my dad smoked. Used to smoke. He stopped smoking, praise God. But I remember my dad, on the way to Midpack, it's a 45-minute you know, drive to school in the morning. My dad would smoke the whole way. And I would have to stick my head out of the window like, you're going to give me black lung, dad? What's going on? You know, Seriously. I'm like, what are you doing? My dad wasn't a perfect dad. And I'm wondering why, why he did the things he did and why, why he didn't do the things. It's like I looked at other dads and whatever it is. And don't get me wrong, I love my dad and he's an incredible dad. But I just wonder, why, why did he do? I, there's some things I didn't understand. Then I finally found out my dad's past. And it's kind of a sad past, actually. My, my father was born and his real father passed away when he was a baby. Shortly after he was born, his, his father passed away. And at the time, my grandma already had five kids. He, he was the fifth kid. And it was Kahuku plantation days. I mean, this is back when, man, they're, they're poor. And so my grandma had to make a decision. And my grandma gave my father to her parents and let her parents raise my dad. My dad was given away right down the street. My dad grew up down the street with another family and not his family. He never lived with his brothers and sisters. He never lived in the family that was his family. He was raised by his aunties. My dad, I was talking to my dad earlier, and he said, I was on my own since birth. I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty heavy. That's Wow. And my dad had to fend for himself, and it was weird, and he didn't have a good, he didn't have a good relationship with his stepfather. He didn't have a good relationship with his mom. It was weird, and he was on his own. And he finally, you know, when he, when he grew up and, and went to college, he went to San Francisco. And my mom's from here too, but my mom was in school in San Francisco, and they met in the Bay Area. Thank the Lord. Praise God. All right, cool. Um, and uh, here's their story. Um, you know, I was talking to my mom when I was a teenager, and I, 
I, I didn't know my dad's past. My mom didn't know, and, and they didn't really talk about it. So I was like, but I figured out something. And, you know, I'm like, they got, by the way, my, my, uh, my parents just celebrated their 52nd wedding anniversary. 50, 52 years on June 9th. But I remember I figured it out. On June 9th, 1962, they got married. And then my brother was born in November in 1962. I did the math. That doesn't work out. Like, you know, and I, I asked my mom, and this is, this is my mom's reaction. I'm like, oh, yeah, we were living in sin. Yeah, just like we were living in sin. And I, I'm like, wow, okay. So I, their whole story was that, I mean, uh, put it, to put it bluntly, my mom got knocked up by my father. And um, they planned, that, you know, my, my dad didn't have a good relationship with his parents. And uh, they decided to elope. They were living in the Bay Area. Guess where they got married? Reno, baby. Come on. Cha-ching. My parents eloped and got married in Reno. And um, this is what my mom um, told me. Um, she, re- she was recalling the, the drive back from Reno through Tahoe and back to the Bay Area. Um, she was wondering, why am I with this man? She felt trapped. She felt stuck. She's like, now I'm, I'm pregnant. Now, I ha- now I'm married. Now I have to be with this man. And she said, and she said, it's okay for me to say this, for 10 years, 10 years, my mom wanted to leave my dad. For 10 years. While my brother, Clint, back there, boom, there's my brother Clint. Yeah, on the prayer team. Um, my brother, 10 years, imagine how that affected him. Like, man, I'm the only reason why you guys stuck together. You got trapped. You know, wow. And it, it, it affected him as well. And my mom wanted to leave my dad for 10 years. And the, the most incredible thing about this story is when, they, when my mom found the Lord in the late 70s and she brought the whole family to church. And I look at our past and I look at the blessings and I look where I am right now as a person who loves Jesus Christ in the ministry. I look at our family, the blessings. I look at my life and look at my dad's life. It could have gone wrong in so many ways. It could have gone wrong in so many ways. I mean, I think there's criminals with the same past. I could, they could have gone divorced. I, I could have not been born. But time and time again, I see someone who took their weaknesses, did the best with what they were given, and I believe God's grace covered the rest. And it's by God's grace, and it's by God's power made perfect in my dad's weakness that I am standing before you right now, and I'm saying, I'm, I'm preaching to you. And when I say my dad is an overachiever, it's because God achieved all these things. His grace covered it. Um, I want to invite Pastor Tammy right now. She's going to share uh, her dad's story. So let's welcome her up. Okay, get back on. It's, it's somebody's birthday today. Yeah, past our very own Pastor Tom. I love you, man. Happy birthday. Happy Father's Day to all you fathers. And I want to stop first and and thank you, Pastor Carl. Um, He is our spiritual father, so to speak, over this church. And and what a great one, integrous man. And I just love you. And I am honored to serve God with you and under you. And happy Father's Day to you. 
And um, so Pastor Carl asked me, told me, yep, that's, that's for you. God knows what he's doing when he placed him in leadership over us. Um, so, so Pastor Carl and Pastor Tom, Tom, Tom told me that a, a few months, a couple months ago that, that I was going to share. They wanted to hear a woman's perspective on Father's Day. And so I really sought God. Anytime, you know, I get up here, I don't want to waste God's time or definitely don't want to waste your time. And I just, I was just praying, you know, Holy Spirit, show me and I, and show me how to honor my, my father and honor you. And I could just feel this stirring, and I knew God was doing something because it was really uncomfortable for me even to think about, like I could say nice things about my dad, but I knew that something was going on, and I just kept pressing in and asking the Holy Spirit. And I just, I just want to thank you, Father God. I mean, he is so amazing that his love is so deep that he, he allows us to go through things, but he also wants us to be as free as can be. And I can, I just got to share with you during this time, you'll see that he really showed me something that I had been holding in my heart against my dad for a lot of years. And, um, it wasn't something that was very visible. We, my dad and I get along very fine, um, more like a, a, a friendship, but God really broke something. And, um, it's, this is, this is a God story that is, is, is really fun to me. I mean, I'm just, I'm really excited to see where it's going to unfold. But so in thinking about biblical fathers, um, and reading about, I thought about Abraham and even though this isn't directly affecting, um, his kids, any story affecting his kids, we are kind of his spiritual kids. We are because God called him, um, he's, he called him away from his native land. And you can read about his story in Genesis 12 through 25. And I've been reading it and there's so much more God's showing me. It's a great story, a true story. And he calls him from his native land, his, his father's family, and he tells him to go to this land where he's going to, he promises to make him a father of many nations and that through him, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. Descendants countless like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. And you're a part of all that um, indirect, indirectly, but the Messiah was born in his genealogy. So he goes and he obeys and he's courageous. And the Bible calls him in, in Hebrews chapter 11, the father of our faith and a friend of God. But then you read the story, and he wasn't always perfect, just as Tom was sharing Noah and David. There were two times that he lied flat out, where his wife almost got taken to and had to sleep with the king, uh, Pharaoh and King Abimelech. He lied because he was afraid. His wife was super beautiful. And um, he, was, he said, tell them, I'm, I'm your brother. And she did, and he said, yeah, I'm, I'm her brother, so he wouldn't be killed. And, um, but God intervened, even in his weakness, and through the, the decision he made to... Fib, God intervened and he warned Pharaoh and he warned King Abimelech and God even blessed them as the, the lie was caught, you know, and, and they, the king sent them off with blessings because they saw that they were, they were blessed of, the, of God. And then we know the story of, you know, God promising that a, an heir would come through him and Sarah. And when it didn't happen in their own time, how many have done that? We kind of rush things. You think, I'm going to do things because God, you're not coming through. So I'm going to do things my way. Well, he did, right? Sarah in, in lead, told him, you know, take my maidservant, which is a, was a common practice back then when there was a woman that was barren. And, and Abraham did, but he could have said no. He, he was the one that heard directly from God, and he didn't. He went ahead, and he said, well, I'm going to make this happen the way I think it should happen, and that was wrong. But God still covered, and it still happened. God miraculously gave Abraham and Sarah Isaac, and through him is the genealogy of Jesus. So I love that story because it did, as Pastor Tom was saying, they didn't have to include that stuff. And it just makes us identify like, God, you know what? You're calling him the father of our faith and a friend of yours. Well, so are we. But what was so cool about that story was there was a little thread that seemed kind of common. I, I, 
I was, as I was talking to my dad and just have learned about him just recently too, um, within the last couple of years. And unfortunately it was when I was sitting beside his hospital bed that I was, I had stopped my life enough to, to pause and, and say, well, this is my dad. Let's, you know, tell me more about yourself. And it was a God thing because it wasn't something that I was comfortable doing. But I found out that my dad and his father had a little leave your native country story, but it was in running away. My grandfather was from Japan and at 17 years old, I believe he was leaving a really bad situation, but at 17 years old, he stowed away on a boat that was headed for Hawaii, got busted in Fiji, and um, he had to spend some time in Fiji to make enough money to, to come back, come to Hawaii. And uh, w- when he came to Hawaii, he, he became a, su- a successful tuna fisherman, got his own boat, captained it, met my grandma, and they had five kids and um, three boys and two girls. And my dad was the youngest. And um, he, re- he, he recalled, you know, my grandfather, grandfather not being around that much because he was always fishing and, and, and making a really good living. He was really successful. There was a lot of tuna back then. Um, and uh, so, but the, his middle brother, his, his brother Frank, contracted polio when he was little, and he was crippled. My grandma, there was no known cure, and they just folded his legs in this chair, and he just kind of stuck. He was very contorted, and, and as a kid, I was pretty scared, uh, scared of what he looked like. But my dad's responsibility from the age of nine years old all the way through high school was to take care of him after school. He was not allowed to play with friends. He just had to go home because my grandpa was working and, and uh, my grandmother was working. And he, so he would run home from school. And he said he was resentful, you know, often, but he made the best of it. Frank became his, his friend and he would, there's a whole bunch of fun shenanigans that he did to him and with him. But, but um, the... The thing that stood out to me is he shared a couple stories uh, that he was raised Buddhist, but he had heard somewhere that Teddy Roosevelt had the same condition and he, and he was able to be, uh, therape- thera- the ocean was therapeutic for him. So my dad, he lived on Queen Street, wheeled my Uncle Frank down to the beach, Alamoana, pulled him into the ocean and let him sit there and nothing happened. But he got him really in trouble, he said, because he forgot to rinse off the wheelchair and it got rusted and they had to toss it. And I think they had to use a wheelbarrow for a while. But, um, but what God showed me was like, you know, your dad had faith back then and all this time, I had kind of thought that my mom was the one that introduced me to God, and, and she did. She was, she's a Catholic, and, and, but I didn't, I'm, I was starting to see this thing, like, I seek hard after, after him. I'm like, I've got that childlike faith that just, and God was showing me, you got a lot of who, you, who I am in your life from your father, and that, that even in, in that little child state, that God loved that. He, I asked God, help me to see my dad the way you do. And then another story, he says that when he was a kid, in his, in his uh, just running home from school, he went to McKinley, he'd stop in this Catholic church, and he had learned from movies how to talk to God, and he said, God, you know, well, he would ask him, like, why did you let this happen? And I believe that you could, if you could take one of my good legs and give it to my brother Frank, then we'd both have one good leg to stand on and to play with. And God just showed me, like, he had the faith to ask for something that was seeming impossible. And it, although it didn't happen, my dad continued to, to, to take care of his brother while his older brother and, and was able to do football and have friends he didn't have any. And he said he had to, he, he, he didn't, I just, I just praise God that he didn't remain bitter about that at all. But when he was uh, out of high school, 
he met a guy that was from the mainland. He actually told me he got busted. He, he went to the big island first with this guy and they were checking out the volcano and the newscast was on him because he, he ran away from home. And he was busted because my grandparents saw him on TV. But he ended up telling them, I'm leaving. I'm going to Maine, the farthest state away from Hawaii where this guy lived. And, and my grandfather was so mad. He's like, you come back here. You don't shame the family. You take care of your oldest brother's wife and children. He had, had been married. And my dad's like, no, I, I have a life too, dad. I, I, I'm going to do this. And um, so he goes to Maine and right across the street from his friend is my mom, this blue-eyed beauty. I have a picture of them. They ended up getting married. Um, much to the, at the time, it, was a, it wasn't a cultural thing. It was a little hard. And I look at my mom's cat-eye glasses. So cool. Um, but so they ended up getting married. And at first it wasn't accepted. But I'm so proud of him that he, you know, pressed through this. And God was showing me what I never saw before, that, that my dad, along with my grandpa, were pretty brave to just go for it and go, go, go for a future and a hope. But as I was thinking about it, you know, God's, God's really been speaking to me. I just love our Father God because he's gentle and and it's, he's never condemning, but he does want us to be free. And so the whole time, I'm just, I had some skewed memories. And I just remember my father just being embarrassing me. And, I, and he had this idea that he, he was a barber, too, in Maine for a while. They called him the Hawaiian barber because he was Hawaiian and from Hawaii. But he would tease up my mom, my mom and my hair to match. It was like bouffant. I got a picture of that, too, just so you can suffer with me. Okay, so this is a young picture, but this went on for a couple more years, okay? And I, 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 pr- I promise you, that was probably like an inch, two inches shorter than it was because I would press it down like when he wasn't looking. And my, while my friends would have the normal barrette and ponytails, I had to have this thing, and I was so embarrassed. And I'm thinking, what, were his friends just going, okay, whatever? I mean, I wasn't even competing in toddlers and tiaras, whatever. I was, that was the normal thing. And so God just reminded me of that. But then, you know what he told me? Like, he was proud of me. And he actually did my hair. Like, you know, he was, he was actually a part of that. And, and he just showed me a different perspective. And then I thought about the tormenting he did. He was such a jokester, greasing up the toilet seats for my mom, but us falling through. And then, and then, um, you know, and then you talked about your dad smoking in the car. My dad would fart in the car and control the windows. So we would be like, you know, and you couldn't even breathe. You were holding your breath as long as you could. But then when we lived in Texas, he was stationed there. He joined the, he joined the Air Force, I, for, I failed to mention. And um, we were stationed in Texas, and there were these snake stops. And I swear it was every week. My mom said it was only a couple times, but it, it impacted me so much. He tormented me by taking me into these snakes. I hate snakes. And there were these open pits to me that were so huge. They were big. I know. They were about as big as the planter. And you looked down, and it was pretty deep, but not deep enough to be safe. And he would lean me over, holding me, and pretend he was dropping me in there. And can you imagine how big my eyes were? Like, he could have dropped me. He could have so dropped me. I was like, Mom, where were you? Like, he tormented me with that. And, and I'd, see, I'd pray, pray he didn't see it so we'd have to stop again. But you know what God showed me? He wasn't being mean because he laughed. He, he didn't have friends. So he was, he was kind of like a friend to us. And he thought it was funny. And I think it's kind of funny now. I would never do that to my kids, though. If I had kids, I wouldn't do that to them. And then, and then that, that video totally reminded me of an incident when I brought home my first crush from Molokai and I was like okay I'm going to meet my dad and I can't even believe I did that because he was such a you know like I shared earlier he would even my friends would come over and he would he would squeeze like a paper towel that was wet and pretend he was sneezing on them and it was like my friends would be like oh your dad is so gross and I would have to tell him no it was a Kleenex or a tissue but anyway he um 
So I bring home this, this friend of mine, this guy, and I'm all thinking I look so cute as a teenager or whatever, and are trying to anyway. And my dad takes his uh, tank top, which was white, thin white one that the Japanese men wear, and he pulls it over my face and pulls it back as tight as he can. So I, my nose is all flat. All my features are very unbecoming. And I am appalled. I'm just like, I can't believe you did that. I was so mad at him. But what God showed me is that, you know, he made this friend feel so comfortable. He could have been like, you know what, don't bring him around. But he made him feel comfortable. Like the guy ended up liking my dad better than me, I think, you know. But asking God to show me who my dad was, he showed me, you know, that he was, he was better. He did better than I thought he did. And, um, and then this is what God showed me. I, I had him kind of suspended in time as my dad. Like I, I'd forgotten that he was that dad. And there was a time in his life when he was going through some stuff, that guilt and stuff from the past, and his mom had just died, and he, he, you know, he told me, he came in and he told me that I, I just want to kill myself. I'm going to kill. I just want to go. You and your mom and your brothers would be better if I wasn't here. And he was, you know, and it was just so intense that as a teenager, I was, I was really scared. And I had knew Jesus. I had, you know, been raised a Catholic, but I, I came to know Jesus as my Savior. And I was able to you know, to, there was a part of me that just rose up and I just said, no, dad, you know, like, like you can't do that. We need you. And yet he let me down. Like I, I no longer saw him as a daddy. I saw him as somebody that I needed to be strong for. And as a result, so many years, God showed me that I have not allowed him to see who I really am. I mean, I have, I've, we've have a good relationship, but like, I would never tell him when I was hurt, if a guy hurt me or a friend hurt me. I just didn't want to tell him how I feel about certain things because I needed to be strong for him, I thought. But God showed me that that was just a short season. And he reminded me all the things my dad did after that. Just the amazing, generous person he is and how he loves my husband like his own son and how he would give me anything if he had the world to give me. He does. He gives me all he can. And, and he would give you, if he just met you, he'd give you the shirt off his back. He's the most generous guy. And as, as God was showing me this, I realized I can't get up on stage and share this with you without telling him. So yesterday, I had to, it was really, it was really my stomach was in knots. And I said, Dad, I, I got to talk to you. I had been talking to him through the week saying, Dad, I'm going to share some stuff. And, and but I, I knew I needed to do business with him because I was holding, you know, a little bit of unforgiveness. And I was, I just needed him to know that, that God had showed me and that he had done a better job. And what God showed me is how brave he was too, and courageous he was. And he didn't even, so anyway, I invited him over yesterday and I was like pacing the house and I was using the bathroom. I was like so nervous. And his car drives up and I'm like running to the back bathroom, just praying, God, please let him receive this because he's a sensitive guy too. And if he knew that I was holding back, I didn't want him to be like, well, forget you, you know? And, and so I just prayed. And what was so good is God covers, his grace does cover. And my dad sat there, my mom by his side, and he just, he cried. And, and I just said, Dad, I'm sorry. You know, and he didn't get offended. And he just, he explained to me more what was going on in that time in his life. And I just said, well, I just, I just want you to know that you, you did, you're an amazing dad. And, and what, with what you were given, you weren't bitter about, about your, your life. You came and you gave, I mean, you gave us laughter. He's given me my sense of humor. I am like, I, I heard some jokes I shouldn't hear as a kid, but sometimes I have to watch that because my dad he was always joking around and making, making life fun. And, um, 
And, and I said, and do you realize how brave you were that you and grandpa, and I told him about Abraham, I said, you and grandpa left your native land to go follow a dream in your heart. And maybe it was rebellious in their eyes of their parents, but God worked it out. Seriously, God worked out all the relationships. And my dad came back to Hawaii and he treated his mom and dad like kings and queens. And he took, his, he took in Uncle Frank every week. And, and some of it was a little bit over guilt, but, but he sat there and he goes, I didn't realize that. I, I'm like my dad. You know, I didn't realize that I, I ran away from home. So did my dad. And I, I didn't, and I just, it was a nice, it was a sweet, sweet God moment. And I just, I thank you for letting me share that with you. I, I, I got, I didn't know. And I, and Pastor Carl, thank you. Cause I wouldn't have known. I don't know that I would have that I would have gone there, that I would have, that the Holy Spirit, I, I asked the Holy Spirit to show me because there was something where I was like, I don't know, my dad's cool, but he's now, he's my dad. And I looked at him and I, yesterday and I said, I'm looking forward to, you know, just spending more time with you. It's kind of hard even to say it because I'm not going to say that instantly I feel comfortable, but, but um, I'm looking forward to that. And, um, you know, the Romans, in, in Romans chapter 8, it just, it, I just, that story, there's a picture too of my dad and my uh, current one. He was here last night and I was able to give him a lay, but that's my dad. And, um, and I was, uh, I just, the whole time I've been thinking, you know, yes, God's, your grace covers seriously. Like if my dad didn't leave, my grandpa didn't leave Japan, uh, he, my, you know, my dad wouldn't have been born. If my dad didn't go to Maine, I wouldn't have been born. And you just cover all these details. You covered Noah, you covered David, you covered Abraham, you cover us, Lord, even when we mess up, you know? And, and um, so I've just been thinking about Romans, how he says, he works together everything for the good, for those that love him. And if, if he's for us, who can be against us? And each one of us have a story with different, different things going on. And you know, I, I hear I'm sharing just how my father hurt me and let me down. And it was hard to say that, but it was the truth. And it's not something to be ashamed of. It was the truth. And, and I wasn't mad at my dad all this. I don't think I was mad. I was just let down and I just built this wall. And so, you know, you're sitting in here and you may be a father. You know, you may be a mother. You may, you're just, any, any one of us has been hurt, whether it's from a father or a, or a friend or your own self. Like you, you, you've messed up again and again and again, like I do always. And, and God just showed me in this time that, Tammy, like I have such intentionality in every single one of your, your lives, my life and your life. Like if my dad wasn't born and his dad and Tom's dad and Tom and, and now Judah, you know, and all the, the generations, God has a purpose. Otherwise you wouldn't be here, you know, and if you don't know that, you need to know that. And if there's things that are holding you back, like for me, tonight, today, worship, all weekend, as God's been just revealing to me, all, and I thought I was good. I mean, every day I say, God, show me if there's anything that bums you out. And he's not condemning. He's not going to, like, flatten you out on the ground. He's so gentle. And um, worship has been just so, like, amazing because I'm just, I feel so free, so much more free. And I know he's not done with me yet, but I just encourage you if there's you know, we're going to pray later, but there's a story that came to mind too um, as I was just thinking about my dad. And it's a movie I saw. A line stuck with me in the movie. And it was about a Native American Indian. It's called Smoke Signals. And he's got to go retrieve his dad's uh, ashes and his belongings. And it's a, a very just, he's like so struggling to even do it. Um, his father just taught him to hate the white man, hate the, the Native American, to hate people and just to hate period. Didn't think his dad loved him, was an alcoholic and absent. And so he's working this out with his friend as he goes in journeys. And there's a scene at the end 
where he's standing over a bridge realizing that his dad did love him and that he's got to release all this unforgiveness and he's scattering his ashes over this raging river and he's, he's, he's doing the, the Native American cry, which I, I was like, God bumps all over, but he's screaming and he's dumping these ashes out and there's this one line that has stuck with me for as long as I saw the movie and it, it said, will we forgive our fathers in our age or in theirs? Will we, will we tell them in their deaths or will we not? And it just, it's just struck out. It's now's the time. Now's the time to release forgiveness over yourself, over your fathers, over anybody, because we've all been hurt by people, over anything that might, that might hold you back and over anything, period, that God has purchased you to be completely free through the blood of Jesus. And um, so that's my, my story still unfolding. Thank you for listening. <laughs>